Matthew 8, 1 through 17. When he came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And Jesus, and Jesus said to him, Say that you say nothing to anyone, but go show, go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded you for a proof to them. When he had entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, Truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, many will come from east and west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons in the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And to the centurion, Jesus said, Go, let it be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. And when Jesus entered Peter's house, he saw his mother-in-law lying sick with a fever. He touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she rose and began to serve him. That evening they brought to him many who were oppressed with demons, and he cast out the spirits with the word and healed all those who were sick. This was, this was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, who took our illnesses and bore our diseases. When I say, get well soon, it's a hope. When Jesus says, get well soon, it happens. Friends, when we say, get well soon, it's a hope. But when Jesus says, get well soon, the exact same words, it happens. And do you know the difference? Authority. You see, when I say, get well soon, I don't have the authority to make it happen. But when Jesus says, get well soon, He has the authority to make it happen. The difference is the authority. And Matthew, the writer of this Gospel, wants us to see the utter authority that Jesus has. You might remember that we just concluded our study through the Sermon of the Mount last week. And at the end of the sermon, what did the crowds say about Jesus? Matthew chapter 7, verse, starting in verse 28. And when Jesus finished these things, the crowds were astonished at His teaching. Why? For He was teaching them as one who had authority, not as their scribes. Friends, what set Jesus' teachings apart was not merely what He taught, but how He taught it. It was not merely the words that He spoke, but the authority that was behind His words. His words had an authority and a power that the other teachers did not have. Again, I speak, get well soon, and that's a hope. But He can speak those exact same words, get well soon, and He has an authority that makes it happen. The difference 
is authority. And we witness Jesus' authority here at work through the three healing accounts that Will just read for us here in chapter 8. It says that having concluded the Sermon on the Mount, it says he was coming down the mountain, and as he was on his way down the mountain, he encountered a leper. Now, in biblical times, this word that's translated here as leprosy included not only leprosy, which today we call Hansen's disease, but it could include several other types of skin diseases or skin cancers. And some of them were horrible to see and to smell. So this leper would have been set apart because of the most likely the deformity and, and, and whatever was going on with his skin. But more than that, many people would have avoided him because they would have seen his sickness as some kind of a punishment for sin in his life. He's sick because clearly he deserved it. Clearly, he did something. And so he would have been avoided because he would have been seen as some kind of a a moral degenerate who was getting what he deserved. And more than that, the law of Moses said that anyone who had such a skin disease was ceremonially unclean, meaning that not only could they not come into the temple to worship, but they had to stay away from the general population because if you encountered someone who was ceremonially unclean, you became ceremonially unclean. So as a result, this leper was probably ostracized physically and he was excluded from the covenant community. He was excluded from society lest he spread his uncleanness to others because anyone who touched him might not just be at risk of contagion of a disease, but would be at risk of contagion of uncleanness, of ceremonial uncleanness, because whatever the leper touched, fouled the clean. So the leper was excluded, he was avoided, and relationally and physically, this man was utterly untouchable. But did you see what Jesus did? This man was untouchable. But in verse 3, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Friends, Jesus touched the untouchable. And as we see in the next healing account, Jesus didn't need to do that. Friends, in the next healing account, Jesus didn't even need to see the guy that he was healing. So then why would Jesus go out of his way to touch this man? church, he was making a point. This leper had probably had no human contact for years, not touched by another human being, no hugs, no handshakes, no contact, devoid of human touch and largely devoid of human companionship. And here's Jesus. He shows up and he fearlessly touches the untouchable. Friends, not only did the touch of Jesus heal this man Physically, by touching this man, he restored this man to community. Jesus' touch said to everyone who witnessed it, I've taken away his uncleanness. And as proof, I touched him. He's no longer unclean, so you too. You too can and should touch him. You should bring him back into fellowship. Friends, Jesus commanded this man then to go and present himself to the priests, because ultimately only the priests, 
then could restore him fully and say, you are ceremonially, you are ritually clean, thus brought back into relationship, brought back into community. Jesus has the authority not just to heal, but Jesus has the authority to bring the outsider in. This man had been made an outsider. And Jesus healed him and brought him in. Church, who are those today? Who are those today who need the touch of Jesus? Who are the unclean and the ostracized, the outsiders in our culture, waiting for the touch of Jesus Christ that can heal and that can bring the outsider in? Now, in saying that, church, you need to understand, Jesus didn't just deny or minimize this man's sickness. Jesus didn't show up and go, well, you don't actually have leprosy. Or, leprosy is not actually a sickness. Or, your leprosy is not actually serious. Or, oh, those judgmental religious types are, are unfairly excluding you. Come on in. No. Make no mistake. Jesus said, you're sick. And it's serious. So Jesus doesn't just touch this man to affirm him in his leprosy. Jesus touched this man to heal him of his leprosy. Jesus touched the untouchable. Jesus has not come to deny, minimize, or affirm us in our sickness and sin. Jesus has come with the authority to heal us and to free us from our sickness and sin so that those who are outside may be brought inside. Jesus came with the authority to heal and to forgive and to bring in those who are outside. Friends, church, are we willing? Are we willing to risk touching the untouchable in the same way that Jesus did? To touch them with grace and with truth that they might receive the healing that they need. Now, did you notice this leper when he approached Jesus? Did you notice how he approached Jesus? Friends, he approached him with utter absolute confidence. Verse 2, And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Lord, if you will. He didn't say, if you can. There's no question in the man's statement. If you will. The leper looked and he recognized Jesus' authority. He knew that if Jesus said, get well soon, that was no get well card. That was no empty hope. He knew that if Jesus said, get well soon, if you will, you can say it and it'll happen. And friends, we see this exact same recognition of and faith in the authority of Jesus in the next healing that was recorded in verses 5 through 13. We find this Roman centurion come and ask for healing for his servant who's sick at home. And when Jesus says yes, the centurion says no. Don't. Come into my house. He says, I'm not worthy to have you in my house. But this centurion recognizes the authority of Jesus. The centurion recognizes, he says, Jesus, you have authority in the same way I have authority. I command my men to go and to come and they do it. And you have that kind of authority. And verse 10 says, Jesus absolutely marvels at this man's understanding because he's like, he's got it correct. 
this man sees and confesses Jesus' absolute authority. So what happens is that again, we find sickness healed, but even more than that, friends, the outsider is brought in. Because note that this man was a centurion, which meant he was a Roman. He was a Roman centurion. He was not a descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He was an outsider. The Jewish people would have considered him ceremonially unclean. He was not part of the community of Israel. He did not deserve the blessings of Israel. However, just like Jesus reached out and touched the untouchable leper, Jesus here reaches out and touches the untouchable Gentile. Recognizing his faith, he's brought in. And Jesus says, get well soon. And the centurion servant does. And he doesn't just get well soon, he gets well immediately. And we find another insider is brought in. Outsider is brought in. And Jesus uses this opportunity as a teaching opportunity. In verses 11 and 12, he says, I tell you, many will come from the east and the west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. While the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness. In that place, they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Friends, Jesus says, the way that you get inside my kingdom, the way inside into my kingdom is not by your family, but by your faith. It's not about your heritage. It's about your hope. It's not about your ancestry. It's about who is your authority. Those who recognize and put their hope in Jesus' authority are included in Jesus' kingdom. But those who are sons of the kingdom, meaning the descendants of Abraham, who reject the authority of Jesus, he says, will be thrown into the outer darkness. Salvation is not based upon who is your ancestor, but friends, who is your authority? Who is your authority? And when Jesus speaks about being thrown into outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth, make no mistake, he's talking about judgment. You know, you need to understand, too many people today treat Jesus like he was some kind of peace and love hippie wallflower. Friends, Jesus talked about judgment more than any other New Testament personality. In fact, the phrase that we hear him use here, weeping and gnashing of teeth, is used Six times in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus regularly and clearly warned those people that would reject Him and reject His authority that there is an impending judgment. And Jesus says to the Jewish people, if you reject My authority, although you think you're insiders, you're going to find yourself outside. And at the same time, He says, those of you that are outside, that other people think are outside... If you accept my authority by faith, you can come in and feast at my table with me. Friends, we need to understand that this is just as true today as it was then. Jesus has come today to us with the authority to heal and to forgive. Do we recognize and trust in that authority? Because if we do, we will be invited to the table, to his table eternally, and to the table that we're going to come celebrate at. In just a little while. And if we reject his authority, we'll be cast out into darkness ultimately where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jesus, the meek and mild, regularly warned his hearers of judgment and said, I've come with the authority to bring in and to cast out. So which will it be? 
Do you recognize Jesus' authority? Have you submitted to that authority that you might be healed and forgiven and brought in? Because, friends, Matthew concludes this account, this collection of healing stories in verses 14 through 17, telling us about the healing of Peter's mother-in-law, and then followed by Jesus healing many sick and demon-possessed. Why? Because he had the authority to do it. His authority was on full display. Make no mistake. And friends, where did this authority come from? Matthew lets us know in verse 17. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He took our illnesses and bore our diseases. Church, these healings are meant to point us to the truth that Jesus is the fulfillment of the messianic prophecy there in Isaiah 53. That full prophecy, Isaiah 53, 4 and 5 says, Surely He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed Him stricken and smitten by God and afflicted. But He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And upon Him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with His wounds, we are healed. Church, Jesus came to touch us, to take upon Himself our uncleanness, our sickness, our sinfulness, our woundedness. He bore all of our shame and our guilt and our filth upon Himself. He died the death that we deserved upon the cross. Because death is the ultimate consequence. It's the ultimate outcome of all sin and the ultimate end of all sickness. He bore it all upon Himself, dying our, our death upon the cross. And in being so crushed by His wounds, we now might be healed. What gives Christ the authority to say, get well soon and make it happen? His sacrifice. His sacrifice does. Jesus can heal it, for He took our illnesses and bore our diseases. Jesus can forgive it, because He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. From His obedience to God and His perfect sacrifice on the cross... Christ has the authority to forgive sin, to cleanse uncleanness. Christ has the authority to bring the outsider inside, and by Him alone might you and I be healed. By Him alone might you and I get well soon with God. Friends, this is the Gospel. This is the good news. We can try to heal ourselves all we want. We can try to speak words, but friends, even if we speak the same words that Jesus speaks, we don't have the authority that Jesus has. Get well soon, or I hope I get well soon, is a hope. If Jesus says, get well soon, it happens. He has the authority to forgive you, to forgive me. He has the authority to heal you and to heal me. His words are not just wishes. He has authority. And when Christ speaks, get well soon, we are healed. We are healed physically. We are forgiven spiritually. We are reconciled and included in God's family eternally. The difference is authority. The difference is Christ's sacrifice. Because He took our illnesses, He bore our diseases, and by His wounds we are healed. Church, friends, do you recognize His authority? Do you submit to His authority? And if not, by what authority do you hope that you might be healed? By what authority do you hope that you might be forgiven? 
By what authority do you hope that you on the outside might be brought in? Is get well soon your hope? Or is get well soon your certainty? Because of the authority of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you for what Jesus has done so we can come to the table to which we are about to come. Thank you for what Christ has done that we might be called sons and daughters of God. That we who are outside, we who are spiritual orphans, we who had no hope in this world might be forgiven, might be healed, and might be brought near. What glorious authority. What a beautiful sacrifice. And what a great love you've given to us. So now, help us in our weakness. Bow us before that authority. And be glorified in and through us, we pray. In Jesus' name, Amen. We are going to come to the table in just a minute. But before we do, 